Thank you, choir. That's beautiful. Put our handbells this morning. I enjoy seeing that ministry in the church as we see it each year. Have you ever seen the SAD effect before? Now, SAD is the name of a disease. It is called Season Affected Disorder. There are people who live in parts of our country and the world where the weather is perpetually dark, you know, near the uh, North Pole, and uh, they have long times of cloudy weather. Seattle, Washington is one of those places where people who live there get what we call cabin fever. Okay, and they get to where the, the compensation for it is, is in um, even in public high schools, they have espresso machines. In some restaurants, they have <clears throat> ultraviolet lights with a spectrum of light that people are missing because of the perpetual darkness they kind of have, the dreariness of it. And the doctors in the end say that if you can't get better because of those things and they prescribe that you get a U-Haul. And you move somewhere else because that's just, that's, if you can't get over it and live with it, just go live somewhere else where it is. Now, I want to tell you that sad is that kind of definition, but there's another kind that can be found inside of a church. And it's the thing we want to avoid, and it's called a spiritually affected disorder. The symptoms go something like this. The church gets lethargic. It doesn't respond to events and its community or the world around them. Uh, at the same time, there's a sense of anxiety or disease, and people seem to be going through the motions but not getting much from as they do. In our text, you may read between the lines that Paul is dealing with a church where they have struggles. He encourages them in one method to deal with this particular disease and what may happen because of it. He knows that if we learn to pray for people, we often pray now, but to pray for others outside of us, sometimes they may even be the source of our problems. Understand that? If we learn to pray for them, that gives us a way of hope and unity as a church and takes what we do as worship as Christians together, to a new level of commitment. It is the nature of prayer that we have. We're to learn to pray with each other. It's so important that Jesus would stop even a ministry of large crowds who had great needs, and Jesus would go away and pray because prayer was that important. His prayers were never in the least bit selfish. It was simply a need a part of the strength and direction in his life. And without it, he could not have been effective in his ministry. And so we know it as well. John Wesley understood that when he said, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. He's saying that is how God chooses to respond in our world. He is waiting to see what we believe about him, how we will ask of him and God responds. So we're trying to stretch our prayer muscles, if you will, trying to get ourselves to pray in a way beyond the routine. You remember your first prayers? I remember as a child kneeling beside the bed and my dad with me teaching me how to pray. And I'm going to tell you exactly how the prayer went. I still remember it because I said it that many times, okay? And it went like this. Thank you, God, for mom and dad, for Bob and Aaron and Jeanette and Wayne, and for Grandmama and Granddaddy, and whatever the pet's names were at that time. Amen. Is that fair enough? I mean, that was the beginning point. 
you had a sense that there was an, an order to your life and you wanted to give thanks to God. Now, later, of course, a lot of prayers are learned. You know, some of those when you're sitting in school and there's a test paper in front of you and you don't know the answer, oh, God, help me. Have you ever said this? I mean, you can say it in different ways, but, you know, I didn't study enough last night. I know you just help me through this. I will do better. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Uh-huh. I, I, I have not alone on that one. So we're flexing our prayer muscles in some ways, trying to learn better how it is that we're going to follow God but in our text today, it's particularly about learning to pray an intercessory prayer. That is, on someone else's behalf, not on our own. you got to know this. Without prayer, the church is empty, no matter how full. That is, how many people are present. With prayer, the church is empowered, no matter how empty it may be. It is a source of power for us that we learn to follow God and we find that we can be his people. It was controversial what Paul had to say. He said, you even pray for the emperor. Now you got to know that Christians, as the Jews were, were persecuted because they refused to worship the emperor. That was uh, a big hang-up in that Roman Empire. They wanted that, that emperor ruined it, wanted people to worship him, kind of kept down the trouble, you see. But this, these two groups were just not going to do it. But Paul decided there is a response that's very appropriate for our faith. That is not that we pray to him, but we pray for him. So he, had, he asked them to pray for those who are over you. They may even be your enemies, but so that life may go well and there may be peace you learn to pray even for them. So he was teaching them, those who were often uh, considered to be uh, anti-Roman, they, a threat to the empire. He said, no, we pray for the emperor and others who are in authority over us so there can be peace. It is a way that God uses us. It is the daily power of prayer that can be alive in all of us. A few weeks ago during our financial campaign, I had a sermon on othering. Remember that? We talked about othering was. And, and I think that's exactly what this prayer is that we're talking about. It's the kind of prayer that's always looking outside of ourselves. Uh, you may find someone immediately near you at the moment. It may be someone who lives next to you, a family member, a co-worker, or a friend somewhere. To whom needs your prayers? And we begin to order our life to include them, not because we're going to get something in return, because it satisfies a need for us, but because they need our prayers. And we do that, we are practicing a prayer that deepens our faith, spreads the news of who Christ is, and tells the world it is that good. The world doesn't imagine we would pray for them, that we would remember them, that we would be kind to them. But God offers, you see, I believe that God really does a lot of things in answer to our prayers, and sometimes before we know what to pray. I used to think God only sent preachers to churches. That's my Methodist background, you know. He sent us there, and you were already present. But I've come to believe that God sends you to a church. I hope you feel that this is a place where you should be, not just one you stumble into. Maybe you visit today. That's wonderful. I'm glad that you're here. I believe God will use this hour, even if you don't find a need to be here again. But we invite you to be a part of it with us. I believe God is sending people to congregations. In the past few months, most of you have followed along. We um, made a decision. We're going to enter back into a contemporary worship service. And 
when we stopped that a year and a half ago, we uh, didn't have a praise band anymore. Some went off to college, some had moved away, and we simply had to stop the service. We suspended it, we said. We didn't stop it. We suspended it because we wanted it to continue again. We simply needed the leadership. And when we hired Tom Siemens back to, to be our leader uh, back in the summer, we made that decision. We would shift our directions toward that. But at that point, the truth is, we didn't know if we had a single band member anywhere in the church. We knew we stopped it a year and a half ago because we didn't. But you know, God has sent those people to us. Do you realize that? There's now absolute full praise band waiting and practicing now so that service can start. Because I believe in response to prayer, God has answered prayers and others have come to be a part of that ministry with us. It is a wonderful thing to see God at work in the church, in us. There is a gladness. Now, the SAD, we explained, I want you to also understand that we can be a glad church. This is the acronym for, uh, it goes like this, God's love always delights. I like that. That's a glad church. God's love always delights. We've learned in that, that our prayers often begin with thanksgiving, that God has been generous to us, but is a need to go beyond that. Let me suggest some other prayers you may pray. Things that may be a start for that intercessory ministry of prayer, we want this church to be so generously offering. Maybe there's someone uh, today feeling overwhelmed by problems that you know. Pray for someone whose burdens or equal to or greater than your own. If you're feeling resentment toward a family member or a co-worker at the office, give thanks to God for that person, asking God to let him or her be an instrument of growth in your life. If you're feeling alone in the dark, uncertain where to go next, pray asking God to share the light of divine wisdom on your soul. If you're feeling critical of others, Thank God for the objects of your criticism. Ask God to make them a blessing wherever they go. You're feeling bitter toward others who have succeeded where you have failed. Pray for their continued success. You're feeling impatient with the pace of your spiritual growth. Thank God for your progress so far. See, there are lots of prayers that can be offered that are for others we often think of friends, but you have to think in everyone God puts in front of you as a person for whom you may pray. Believing that God calls us to that kind of ministry, it will affect not only that person, it will affect you. You'll have a new way of seeing that person, a new appreciation for their life in a way you never had before. You can begin to build love and care in your life where anger or hurt or resentment may have been. And so we are healed ourselves as we learn to pray for others to be healed. We are partners in prayer. We, we pray for changes in the world. We pray for changes in us. And we do not, and if we don't do both of those, we live below our potential. God has got more in store for us if we pay attention for what he has for us. It is a great world for praying. You can see it every day. 
The moment you leave the sanctuary, someone will be in your sight for whom you can pray. I think about when I see an emergency vehicle moving and you hear the sound of a siren, not knowing anything about where it's going, what it's about, it is an opportunity of prayer. You can pray for the safety of that emergency vehicle as it moves along. You can pray for the people for whom help is on the way, that God may use them. Intercessory prayer is a live ministry that can be practiced every day in every place. You can do that. This church will benefit from that ministry. God's kingdom will grow through that ministry. It's not about praying for us. It's about praying for others. The world that God loves so much. Now, intercessory prayer does include others in your pew around you. And those you may come to know. We, we want to start a ministry this morning. We've had ministries like it in the past, but it's kind of a restart, if you will. We want you to be able to join a ministry team, a prayer ministry team. In the past, I, we've tried to say, when you come to church, turn off your cell phones, uh, put them on vibrate, and leave them alone. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do the opposite of that. I want you to take out your cell phone. If it's a smartphone, if you got that, if you got a smartphone on you, I'm going to stop and let you take it out. Go ahead. I'm not joking. Go ahead and take it out, really. I'm not going to make you pass it up or put an offering plate if you're wondering, okay? None of that. We're not going to take it away from you. <laughs> Julie Seconder, Julie, would you please stand for a moment, please? In our congregation, has volunteered to head this new ministry, and it is a ministry where we're going to uh, have a prayer chain. That's an old term for it. Uh, it's going to be a prayer ministry through... Uh, texting and emails and you can be a part of that now the start is simple all you have to do is take that phone in your hand right now and you can text her phone number if you want I'll give you the number and just say count me in or yes however you want to do it and she'll respond to you soon about details let you know what's about her number are you ready am I ready okay is I ready okay 912 572 9191. Once again, 912 572 9191. Her email, if you want to use that choice, you can put that in if you're ready for it. Her email is julie, J U L I E, at coastalnow.net. Remember, it's easy, it's not hard. This, okay, you can send it to her, and she's going to respond to you. Now, some of you may not have your phone with your own or, or a smartphone. There are um, information sheets at the exits, and you can pick one up and respond to her. It's a great ministry that you can learn about. Uh, in the way we're going to use it, you'll get some feedback on, you'll get prayer requests, okay? You can also ask for prayer through this line, and we'll give you feedback as it's available on uh, prayers that we're offering. If someone is healed, what, where we keep them on the list or we move on. Okay, so that's a, a wonderful ministry. But I want you to know that we're building a prayer ministry for others. You're taking technology, pulling it out and saying, God, I want you to use it. Now you can turn your phone off. No, that's a, put it away. <laughs> uh, we want to be able to use that ministry and believe that God blesses it as we find opportunities in our community around us to be a people of prayer. Would you pray with me? Our Father, you are the one who is generous. 
You are the one who answers prayers. And if great things happen, it's because of what you do. We are but your people who in faith learn to ask, to seek, and to knock. And to trust, Lord, that you are one who hears and responds. Giving us the heart of compassion where it may have been a heart that was cold. Teach us, Lord, as you have learned and taught us before, to be your children and love and care for each other. And use us. In Jesus we pray. Amen.